Vivid Whisper presents Whisperling, Episode 7, Pyrotechnics. Quinn hid behind a small group of kids, but stared right at the boy with the dark hair. He took his long black jacket off and stuffed it into his locker haphazardly. This left him in black jeans and yet another black t-shirt to complement his black shoes and backpack. How does no one realize how suspicious he is? What about him? Look how he's dressed. You bought the outfit you're wearing because you think it makes you look like a thief. Quinn adjusted her long hood and leather midriff belt sheepishly. Fine. Did you see anything in his locker? Just that overdramatic jacket. Maybe he'd let you borrow it. Nothing else? Gas can? Lighter? He's been getting the gas in here somehow. Sorry. Darn it. Maybe it's in his backpack. Or he didn't bring it today. We need to find something. We can't tell Jen and Dominic that we know it's him just because my invisible friend gave me a drawing of a backpack. I could bite them. Then they'd believe you. We are not doing what Avarish said. Just saying. The boy ran his hands through his hair as if that would ever be enough to neaten it, and turned to walk past Quinn. She looked away quickly. Had she made eye contact with him? Did he know she was staring at him? Was he going to confront her? She was still looking at the ground when he walked by. You could always lie. Tell them you saw a gas can. No, if I tell Jen he has a can of gas in his locker, she'd probably go and smash it open. If I say it's in his backpack, she'd rip it in half. Either way, she gets in trouble, not him. Can you follow him? Maybe you can search his bag during his class or something. Oh yeah, stick me with the arsonist. You said you wanted to be a sleuth. Also, you're invisible and can't be hurt. I can be hurt. Then you reappear from the doll in my bag and you're fine again. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Just follow him, okay? Please? Yeah, yeah, on it. Spark trotted off after the boy and Quinn went nervously to class. Her essay was due and she had yet to finish her draft. She had hoped to work on it the previous day, but she kept getting distracted, thinking about the Colonel, Scarsteel, Avarish, Gaia, the boy with the backpack. When she didn't turn it in at the start of class, Ms. Palmer asked her to stay afterward. Quinn? I'm sorry, I'll finish it tonight. What happened? You were so far ahead a week ago. I'm... I'm almost done. Is it the same story as last time? Sort of. Quinn, if this is becoming a regular thing... It's not. How can you know? Is this about Jen? No. Quinn? It's not. You know if you know anything about her. Even if she told you not to tell anybody, the safest thing to do is to tell someone. She didn't do anything. She and Stephen were fighting in the middle of the museum. No, that's... I'll finish my essay tonight, okay? Quinn, middle school is a stressful time for everyone. It's hard to know what the right thing is to do. The smart thing to do is to ask for help. Every adult you know has lived through the same thing. Yes, I'm sure you have. It wasn't until two periods later, when Quinn was walking to lunch, that Spark ran up to her. Quinn! Quinn turned to see Spark carrying a small book in his mouth. He dropped it at her feet. Look what I got. She picked it up. What is it? Someone's notebook? It's his. I grabbed it when his bag was open. Quinn's eyes widened and she opened it. It was filled with what were probably math notes, but written so sloppily she couldn't be sure. In the margins, there were doodles of swords, guns, and various nightmarish monstrosities. Several showed some sort of fire. There was something intimate about it. 
She flipped to the front page, and there it was, written surprisingly neatly on the inside cover. Zane Walter. That's his name. And all we had to do was steal a notebook to get it. Do you think if we keep looking, we could find... Quinn trailed off as she looked down the hallway. Between the kids rushing to lunch, Zane stood shyly in the corner, picking at his hair. Shoot. Uh, Play dumb. Is this yours? Yes. Sorry. I found it in the hall. I was looking for a name. It's mine. Zane walked toward her and reached out his hand for the book. Quinn hesitated. What if it was important? What if it had evidence? What if it had a confession? How do I know it's yours? It's my math notebook. It says Zane Walter on the inside cover. Is that your name? You want to see an ID? Quinn reached for some excuse not to give it back, but couldn't find one. He snatched it from her hand. I think we met a while ago, didn't we? I'm Quinn. Don't tell him you're... Zane started to walk away without acknowledgement. I like your drawings! Zane flinched and kept walking. Quinn started to follow. They reminded me of... drone strikes. Zane stopped just for a moment, then started walking faster. Stop following me! He wove deftly through the crowd and disappeared. Darn it! What did you do that for? I thought... the article... Never mind. I'll keep following him. Spark took off after Zane, and Quinn went to lunch, gears in her brain spinning as fast as they could. Jen and Dominic were already sitting at the table. Dominic smiled at her quietly, and Jen waved, her feet up on an empty chair. She was chewing on a pencil eraser. Good, you're here. We were trying to decide if we could frame Stephen for the fire. We're not going to. It would be risky, but it might just work. It wouldn't, and we're not going to. I think we're both at least intrigued by the idea, but there are so many factors to consider. It's a terrible idea. What do you think? I think I know who's been doing it. What? Shh! I think I know who's been setting the fires. Who? How? When did you find out? I think. I said I think. I can't prove it yet. Who is it? Promise you're not going to make a scene? No. Please? Quinn, come on. Fine. His name is Zane Walter. Zane? You know him? He's in my math class. He came up to us at lunch once, but other than that, we've never spoken. He just sits in the back and doesn't talk to anyone. You just sit in the back and don't talk to anyone. You can see why we've never spoken. How do you know it's him? I don't. But I saw him coming from the bathroom in the museum right before the alarm went off. He seemed to be hiding something. Why didn't you say anything? The real reason, of course, was that Quinn had only just come up with this lie. I'm still not sure. I talked to him just now. I mentioned the fire to him and he got really uncomfortable. He always seems uncomfortable. How'd you get him to talk to you? kind of stole his notebook. Damn, Quinn! Oh my god, you two. Jen stuck her hand out for Quinn to high-five, and, awkwardly, Quinn took it. You're turning into Jen. Quinn flushed at the unintended compliment. Yes, I know. I'm a bad influence. What was in the notebook? Nothing useful. He saw me before I could read anything. Jesus, he saw you? I told him I found it in the hall. Yeah, I'm sure he drops his notebook in the hallway all the time. Sorry. Is he here? Was he there? Quinn resisted the urge to look around in a panic. She turned her head as subtly as she could, faking a stretch, and sure enough, there was Zane. He sat in the corner at the far side of the cafeteria, sitting alone, looking directly at them. They made eye contact, and she flinched. Yeah, he's here, looking right at us. Ooh, don't look now. Sitting alone, 
black shirt, black hair, all the way across the- I said don't look now! Got it. Now he knows we're talking about it. So what? He's the arsonist here, not us. Why do we have to pretend we're not onto him? What if he's dangerous? What? What's he gonna do? Set something on fire? No, besides that. Is that not dangerous enough for you? This is great. Now we just have to prove it was him. Yeah, that's all. How do we do that? I don't know, but it's gotta be easier than figuring out who it was, right? Maybe we can catch him in the act. How? By following him all day? Sure, why not? Classes? Because we could get in trouble for stalking? Well, yeah, I mean, besides that. They talked through lunch, but couldn't come up with a plan. A couple of times throughout the day, Quinn spotted Zane looking at her, brow furrowed, Spark generally following behind him. After school was over, Spark returned to meet her at her locker. Nothing. Are we really sure it's him? It must be. His bag matches Pumpkin's drawing exactly. It just feels like we're making assumptions. Just because he keeps to himself doesn't mean he's an arsonist. Yeah, I know. You're not exactly rolling in friends yourself. Hey! Sorry. I just mean, you're a loner. Dominic's a loner. This guy's a loner too. That's not why we're following him. We're following him because Pumpkin said she saw him start the fire in the museum. Maybe she made a mistake. No way. She was totally sure. Okay, okay. Then what do we do? I mean, did you expect him to spend all day writing, Fire, fire, I started the fire in his notebook? Um... He did doodle a lot, but no confessions. They ran into Jen on their way out of school. Well, been nice knowing you. Maybe it won't be that bad. You're right. It'll be fun to hang out with my good friend Steven for one and a half required hours. Wait, you're doing it together? Yeah. When there's only one detention room, how do you think this... Wait a minute. Jen started walking slowly past Quinn. She sped up as Quinn turned to watch her. In a moment, she was stampeding down the hallway straight toward Zane, who was scrambling away in fear. Jen, wait! Jen grabbed Zane by the backpack. What do you think you're looking at? Nothing. Let go. I've seen you staring at me. What do you want? Let go. Jen, let him go. You're making a scene. Why are you framing me? Let go! Quinn and Dominic closed in on the pair. A small group was forming around them. I don't know what you're talking about. Admit it. Because you're threatening me? Just like a military town bitch to jump straight to violence. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Hey, what's going on? Steven pushed his way to the front of the crowd, Mike by his side. Jen, what are you doing? Get out of here, you two. None of your business. Let go of me. Jen, you're going to get into more trouble. What is wrong with all of you? Zane looked around, distraught at the growing group of onlookers. There were at least 20 of them now. You're a bunch of brain-dead psychopaths. I bet you like watching the two freaks beat each other up, don't you? Well, fuck you all. Zane brought his foot down on Jen's and spun around to break his bag out of her grip. You're all just like your parents. A bunch of brainwashed sheeple jacking yourselves off for hurting innocent people. The crowd grew quiet. Zane's face was getting red. You're all gonna grow up and join the army and hurt innocent people and kill each other for a living, and get killed like the stupid pigs, and you'll think you're heroes. But you're not. You're a fucking cancer. Watch it, asshole. Jen glanced to the side, and Quinn followed her gaze. There was Dominic, his eyes glazed over. Why? Because you love violence so much you can't wait to punch me in the face? Because you're so damn proud of your stupid brainwashed parents dying for no reason but hurting people and making a bunch of war profiteers even rich. I said watch it. One of my best friend's mothers died in war. Good. Jen punched him hard. Her fist landed square in his face, knocking him back. 
She swung at him again, but he ducked, and she lost her balance, tumbling across the circle into Steven, knocking him down. She collected herself and marched towards Zane again. Quinn shot another look at Dominic. He was shaking. She took a deep breath and grabbed Jen's arm. Jen, stop! Please! Get off me! It's not worth it! I said get off! Momentarily distracted by Quinn, Jen looked away from Zane and he bolted. He disappeared into the crowd like a ghost, and Jen couldn't see where he went. The crowd stood in silence. Suddenly self-conscious, Jen turned to Steven to help him up. Sorry. Nah, nah. You're... You're good. What are y'all staring at? Get out of here! The flock of students hurried off, and Dominic walked the other way. Quinn looked after him, then back to Jen. Make sure he's okay. We have to get to detention. Quinn nodded. She made eye contact with Mike, but hurried after Dominic before he could say anything. When she caught up with him, he was huddled in a corner, behind some lockers, staring blankly at the opposite wall. Hey. Hey. Hi. Sorry. Is Jen okay? She's fine. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, I'll be fine. He's an asshole. You know that, right? Don't listen to him. Your mother is a hero. Thanks, but no, it's not that. I just had to get out of there. Jen shouldn't have done that. She was standing up for you. I didn't ask her to hurt him. No, but I mean, he kind of deserved it, didn't he? No. It's bad to hurt people. It only makes things worse. And she was going to hurt him because of me, and I didn't want to be there. Yeah, she almost got in a lot of trouble. Good thing there were no teachers there. Not that. I mean, yeah. But even if she got away with it, she can't just hit people. You heard what he was saying. And he's been setting fires. I think it's okay to- No! No, stop it. It doesn't matter that he's a jerk. I don't like him either, but it's just wrong. It's just wrong. Quinn's mind rattled back and forth. She could almost hear Avarish in her ear. She stopped talking and sat next to him. Sorry. It's okay. Mostly, I'm worried about Jen. She's getting so obsessed with this fire thing. She has good reason to be. Yeah, but I'm worried she's going to do something stupid. She can take care of herself. Maybe. Quinn, don't take this the wrong way. Jen is great. I'm really glad she started hanging out with us, but... Don't turn into her. What? Never mind. I'm glad you stopped her. I hope she isn't mad. You did the right thing. Ooh. <laughs> I don't think I'm cut out for detective work. It's too stressful. No kidding. Are you doing alright? This was not the first time that Quinn wished Dominic could see the otherworldly. Maybe he'd understand what it was like to be trapped in a pit by a hungry troll. It's just... overwhelming. There's too much happening at once. Yeah. As Quinn rode home, she tried to tear her thoughts away from Jen and direct them toward the Colonel. She hadn't spoken to him since seeing Avarish, and she wasn't sure what to tell him. Or what she would even be able to tell him. Also, she needed to get to that essay she kept forgetting about. Well, we can't tell him about Gaia. We can't even tell him about reflectives. Sure. But if we figure something out using that information, maybe we can tell him that. What do we know about it? We know Scarsdale wasn't always like that. It transforms to match its environment. That's disturbing. No kidding. But 
that doesn't tell us how to fight it. Are you thinking about what Avarice said? About killing it? I don't know. Maybe. Isn't it more important that it stops hurting people? Yeah. I think. I don't know. The only difference between it and Gaia is where it grew up. But it's completely different from Gaia. I know. That's not what I'm talking about. I know. I know. Of course, I know that. I just don't get why. I know you don't feel the need to tell you, but I... Quinn? Yeah? Hey, honey, come here. Dad's calling. Quinn dropped her stuff and hurried to the kitchen. Andrea pushed a chair out for her. Her laptop was open on the kitchen table, showing Sam's face. Dad, hi! Hey, how was school? Um... Fine. Nothing burned down. That's good. I'll take what I can get. And what about with what's-his-face? Steven. Not... great. Yeah, that's what your mom said. Jen shouldn't have gotten into that fight. It wasn't her fault. I know she didn't start it, but still. She was just defending herself. I know, Quinn, but- You weren't there! Hey, honey, could you give us a minute to talk? Please? Um, yeah, of course. Andrea refilled her wine glass and stepped out. What's going on? Why do you two keep fighting? We weren't fighting. I told you I got relocated again. Your mother is just a little frustrated that my return date keeps getting pushed back. Is that all? Yes. Then why were you fighting? Are you not frustrated? No, I, I, I want to get back as soon as I can, of course. But if they need me here, it's all I can do. Yeah, but... How do you know it's the right thing to do? It's not my call. No, I mean... How do you, or whoever, know when fighting is the right thing to do? Why is it okay when you get redeployed, but not when Jen gets harassed? Or not when... Uh, okay. Uh, what is this about? Something happened at school today. Jen got into a fight. It's okay, it broke up before any teachers saw, and no one's hurt. But... But scary. Yeah. And I stepped in to break it up. That's great. But I'm not sure it was the right thing to do. The guy she was fighting with, he's... Well, he said a lot of awful things. Transphobic things? No, actually. But real bad things. About... Well, about... Soldiers. Ah, I get it. I think... I don't know. There isn't one right answer. Reasonable people will disagree. And I can't, I don't choose what the army does, but that's another matter. Now, you should never seek out violence, I can say that, and it's certainly not okay to punish a civilian for their opinion of the military. It wasn't just his opinion. Doesn't matter. He might not know what he's talking about. He may be saying things just to hurt. But I don't ever want to hear you using disrespect towards the country or the military as justification to hurt someone. Got it? Yes. Good girl. Dominic got kind of freaked out when it happened. I wasn't there, but maybe you should listen. But when is it okay to fight back? Okay. Glad you never ask any hard questions or anything. 
the answer off the top of my head is only when you have no other choice. It's always better to de-escalate if you can. Even in the army, we treat fighting as a last resort. Or we try, at least. How do you know whether you can de-escalate? Or maybe you're just not smart enough to have figured out how to do it yet. Then ask an adult if you can. Trust your gut if you can't. Hey, how about this? I'm pretty much out of time. Give me a bit to think about the nature of violence and ethics, and I'll come up with something more coherent. Deal? Deal. Great. I'll make sure you're home before I call next time. Good night. I love you. Love you too. Back in her room, Quinn threw her bag down and booted up the computer to get to work on her essay, and immediately turned to see Patch knocking on the window. Rolling her eyes but slightly relieved, she got up and opened it. Good day! Lovely weather! Hey Patch, what's up? Haven't seen you since the woods. Wanted to be sure you were okay. I'm fine, thanks. I'm kind of busy with- That's great. Also, the Colonel wanted me to fetch you to debrief. Oh. She looked down, and sure enough, there stood the Colonel, waving and smiling wide. Can it wait a while? I really need to write. Sure! Take your time! But also, he did seem quite impatient. Fine. Wouldn't be able to write anyway. Quinn grabbed Sparks' plush and climbed down the ladder. The Colonel stepped over the fence to meet them. He knelt, and Quinn gazed upward to talk to him. Good evening, Quinn. Hi, Colonel. You met with the Witch of Avarice, and I'm pleased to see you unharmed. Debrief, please. Tell me what she told you. There's not a lot. Sorry. We'll take what we can get. Okay. Uh... There was something she wasn't supposed to say. What was it? She reached for the memory, but everything the witch had said seemed to slip away like sand through her fingers. This must be the enchantment. There was nothing but fog. She remembered signing the book, then stepping out of the forest. Nothing but blank between. I'm sorry. I can't remember. You don't remember. She stared into the terrifying void in her memory. Sorry, Colonel. We, well, we promised not to tell. You what? She really doesn't want us to kill Scarsteel. She doesn't like the idea of killing a dragon. She wasn't going to tell us anything unless we promised not to tell. She made us sign a book. You did what? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. What? What about the book? I heard about this book. Several of our spies reported it. Promises written in it can't be broken. That's... What she told us. Right. So our recon team can't tell us anything they saw. I was hoping that I could... I don't know. Use it, even if I can't remember it? Are you sure she actually said anything? If you can't remember, maybe she didn't tell you anything. That hadn't occurred to Quinn. Maybe it was true. Maybe she had been tricked. She gave up on trying to remember, and immediately it came flooding back to her. Scarsteel was a reflective. There was another one. Her eyes widened, but before she could even exclaim in excitement, she couldn't think what she had just remembered. There's something there! I can remember it when I'm not trying to tell you. I don't see how that's useful for us. The colonel frowned and stood again. I'm disappointed. I expected some sort of trickery from the Avarish, but I didn't think you would willingly sign away your ability to do your only job. Sorry, maybe we can- No. I'll explore other avenues. You, on the other hand, are dismissed from your duties as investigators. What? You're compromised. 
You signed away your ability to tell me what she said about Scarsteel. What if you signed away more and you can't tell me that either? Or can't even remember? What if I send you to investigate further and instead of telling me, you're compelled to tell only her? What if you're compelled to sabotage our efforts? What if you're compelled to act as her spy to me? What? No, I'm not. You think the witch would let you tell me if you were? Quinn looked at the ground. I'm sorry to do this. I know you mean well, but if this witch is as crafty as I've heard... We'll still shelter everyone. We can still do that. Good. That's still very important. One more question, Quinn, although it's a long shot. Did she mention any other dragons around? Quinn couldn't remember anything like that. No. Ah. Colonel... I was wondering, is there any other way to deal with dragons, other than kill them? What? Quinn turned to see Mayor Bluebulb standing behind her. Hi, Mayor. Miss Quinn, what are you saying? You've seen the beast you have. How can you say such a thing? I know. I was just wondering. I've never heard of something so crazy. No, I have not. I don't mean that- What sort of ideas has this wish planted in your brain? How could we have let you speak with her unsupervised? Enough. Please. Quinn, it's all right. I understand the impulse. You want to minimize bloodshed. I don't relish killing Scarsteel either, but I've done this for a long time. The world isn't safe with creatures like it around. How can you know that? Experience. But even if there was a chance, how much damage could it do before we figured out how to subdue it peacefully? The colonel stood again, his mechanical weapon shifting around his shoulders. If you discover any more information you can give me, I would like to hear it. Beyond that, I have to be careful what I say in front of you. Good evening. Quinn hesitated before walking away. Spark and Patch followed. That was... scary. He's been acting odd lately. I think he's afraid. The colonel? But he's... A gigantic war machine? True. True, but so is Scarsteel. But I heard him tell his soldiers that every time they clash, it goes a little worse. Scarsteel is getting smarter, and the colonel is getting tired. Quinn climbed up the ladder once more and returned to her room. Patch followed, and Spark reappeared from the fox plush once she reached the top. I don't suppose you can tell me what you heard. No, sorry. Worth a shot. She really didn't force us to do anything else, I'm certain. Are you, though? If she can make you forget things, how can you be sure? I guess not. Don't take it personally. Sometimes battles are lost. Sometimes leads are dead ends. No reason to get discouraged. Patch waved goodbye and exited down the ladder. Spark and Quinn were again alone. Dragons are actually called reflectives and they copy their environment and Avarish knows about another one in the forest called Gaia that looks totally different. Yep. Just checking. God, I don't like that. It just... slips away. I guess we knew what we were getting into. Spark shuddered. Every day that they got no closer to repelling, killing, Scarsteel felt like a failure. Each time it attacked, the colonel got closer and closer to collapsing. But Patch wasn't discouraged when their only lead turned up dry. Even the colonel, as disappointed as he was that their only lead had failed, showed no signs of giving up. How did they keep going like that? Just thinking about it made Quinn want to curl up in a ball under her covers. 
Before Quinn went to bed that night, she opened her window to let in the people of Ardor. Just like every night. The colonel patrolled the block. He looked more and more tired each time. The toy soldiers and the gnomes still fit to fight held their positions. The room grew tense. It was almost habitual at this point. Another night of wondering if this would be the night one side or the other side falls. When the metal whirlwind appeared on the horizon, the colonel had already shifted his weapon into a sniper rifle and opened fire. The beast flew in spirals to evade the massive bullets the colonel fired and closed the distance quickly. It really is getting smarter. Scarsteel didn't even bother landing on the roofs across the street. It knew by now there would be no gnomes there. Once again, Quinn was afraid it might figure out where they had all gone. Instead, it dove directly at the colonel, who leapt out of the way, his gun reconfiguring to the massive sword. He backed up to retreat and almost tripped over someone walking down the street. Someone familiar. Quinn, it's Jen! What the hell? Quinn! The colonel didn't have a moment to be confused. Scarsteel dove again towards him and Jen, and he swung the blade like a bat, driving the reflective backward. He swiped again and again, not hitting, but keeping the beast at bay as Jen walked through the gate to Quinn's yard. What is she doing here? Quinn! Jen started climbing up Quinn's ladder. Scarsteel rose up again out of reach and dove for her. Quinn gasped as the colonel leapt ten feet in the air, grabbing hold of one of the dragon's many tendrils. Scarsteel whipped around and the colonel's own momentum sent him flying over Quinn's roof. Jen didn't really need to knock on the window. Quinn was already opening it. Hey, thanks. Yeah, come in, hurry. You good? I'm fine, hurry up. Jen slid in the window and Quinn closed it as quickly as she could. The gnomes and dryads pressed against the walls of the room as Jen made her way to the bed and threw her bag down. Several red balls, about four inches across, rolled out of the bag. Quinn sat underneath the windowsill. Sorry it's so late. Scarsteel gripped the side of the house and began inspecting it. I didn't want to wake your mom. I'm glad you're up. Come here, I want to show you something. Um... The bed was very visible from the window. Quinn sat on the floor with her back against the windowsill, out of sight. Jen hesitated, then joined her. Something happened outside, and the gnomes clustered around the window, but Quinn couldn't tell what. Check these out. They're called Elide Balls. Jen handed Quinn one of the bright red balls. It was just a bit big to fit in her hand. Quinn turned to glance toward the window. She couldn't see the colonel, but she saw the tip of Scarsteel's wing as it circled around the house. If it decided it was interested enough in Jen, it might see the hundred-odd gnomes and dryads huddled in this room. Seriously, are you alright? You look frightened. Everything's fine. I'm okay. What are they? They're fire extinguisher grenades. Oh, sorry. They're fire extinguisher grenades. What? They're filled with fire extinguisher fluid. When they get heated up, they explode and put out fires. I'm right here! Quinn? Yeah, they're fire extinguisher grenades. They put out fires. You don't seem very excited. Where did you get them? They sell them at the hardware store. Are they expensive? I don't know. I stole them. Jen! Put me down! Quinn peered out the window again. Scarcity was rising high into the sky, the colonel's sword sticking out from the whirlwind of bridge cables. He was trying to swing it, but in vain. The firecrackers the soldiers shot at the beast were having little effect. Oh, come on, you think the police are after me? No, I just... What if you had gotten caught? Wouldn't be any worse than detention. It's illegal! So is framing someone for arson. Focus. The gnomes gasped again as Scarsteel loosened its grip a hundred feet off the ground and the colonel went into freefall. Um... Quinn, 
seriously, what's wrong? I'm okay. Something is clearly wrong. The colonel's blade reconfigured into a shield. As he fell, Quinn saw movement in the nearby tree as if it was reaching for him. Of course, he was controlling it. Patch had said he could mold wood. It grabbed him with its branches, slowing his descent before spilling him out. Quinn? Quinn's eyes readjusted. He could see the colonel kneeling, groaning on the asphalt. He held his shield above him as Scarsteel plunged downward. Do you need me to go get Andrea? No! No, don't. I'm just... I'm sorry. It's okay. Just tell me what's going on. Nothing's wrong. I'm fine. She forced herself to look away from the colonel and smile at Jen. Once again, her eyes involuntarily twitched to the battle outside. Scarsteel was flapping above the colonel, but instead of pouncing on him as it always did, it unleashed a roaring flame from its immense beak, engulfing the colonel entirely. Again, she forced herself to look away. You woke me up. Sorry, I'm just sleepy. She felt like she was forcing her eyes to open too wide. She wondered if Jen could tell. You're sure? What were we using the balls for? Did that cheering mean the colonel had gotten up? Was he even still alive? She couldn't look. They're fire extinguisher grenades. We'll use them to catch Zane next time he sets a fire. How? We keep an eye on him. He brings gas, right? When he does it, so we wait for him to bring in a can of gas or something. And that's when you and Dominic put one of these in every trash can in every boy's bathroom in the school. Quinn immediately saw several problems with this plan, but she couldn't bring herself to care. Okay. Then, when he starts the fire, it blows up in his face. Safely. And now the fire is out, and he's covered in white foam, I think? Uh, the label says non-toxic, but it's gotta leave a mark, right? Probably. Anyway, I wanted to give them to you to carry. Why? Because I don't need anyone seeing me holding anything with the word fire in the name. Even if they put out fires, not start them. Be gone! Beast! Fair enough. So, will you do it? Yeah, of course. Quinn flinched again. Quinn, I know there's a lot going on. I feel like it's all been totally focused on me, which sucks. But you're my best friend. If there was something wrong, you'd tell me about it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Of course I would. Promise? I promise. Good. Let's catch this guy. Jen poured the balls out of her messenger bag and walked towards the window. Quinn turned now and clearly saw Scarsteel circling above the colonel, who was covered in burns, hobbling on one leg, waving his oversized sword with the last of his might. Jen, wait! Yeah? How was detention? Fantastic. Was awful, no surprise there. Yeah, okay. Um. I need to get home. No, wait a minute! Okay? Uh, what's up? What happened today? After I left to go after Dominic? Oh, right. We'll see. I don't think I'm going to be a school hero or anything, but. People seemed impressed. Apparently we found someone they hate more than me. Did you tell anyone? That he's the arsonist? No. They might even believe me, but I don't want to accuse him, I want to catch him. 
Scarsfield rose again and, after a moment of consideration, turned around and flew away. That's probably a good idea. Still, punching him felt good. I should get back. Yeah. Good night. Night. Quinn sat down on her bed again and curled her arms around her knees. You can leave the window open. Jen nodded and headed back down the ladder, followed by a procession of gnomes and dryads. Well done, I must say. Patch climbed out from under the bed. They were wearing one of Quinn's socks like a scarf. I'm a mess. No, you handled that great. She thinks... I don't know what she thinks. Eh, she'll get over it. Maybe. With all due respect, who cares what she thinks? If it weren't for your window installing her, as awkward as it may have been, well, she just might owe you her life, even if she doesn't realize it. Good night. Patch removed the sock and headed toward the window. You should give yourself more credit. You're doing far more good than you realize. Quinn got up to close the window after them. She locked eyes with the colonel, who smiled and saluted at her. She responded in kind, but couldn't look away from his scorched face and armor. He was using his contraption as a cane. He might not survive another fight like that one. Scarsteel could breathe fire now? Quinn curled up under her covers. All this violence and talk of even more. Was this what growing up was like? All the adults seemed to know what to do. She thought of her father and smiled. She repeated Patch's words in her head. You should give yourself more credit. You're doing far more good than you realize. <laughs>